Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel, joined by the world's wisest man who hails from the United Kingdom, Dean Holland. How are you today, my good friend? I'm wise. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> and we're, uh, we're joined by uh, somebody who is the only marketer I know who promotes himself as a goat farmer also. I just love that, you know, those two things really do go hand in hand when you think about it internet marketing, and goat farming. And so uh, joining us today is none other than Dana Derricks. How are you today, my man? I'm good. Thank you so much. And don't undersell it. I'm a fourth generation farmer. So that is serious business. It is. It is serious (laughs) business. Your goat memes are world renowned at this point. And that's part of your marketing shtick, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. The ROI on the goats has been just through the roof. (laughs) Right. One of the really cool things, besides your being a goat farmer, uh, that I that I love about what you're up to and I want to talk a little bit about today is you sell high ticket books. And what? yeah. <laughs> minds are being blown around. I've never heard the world. of this before. <laughs> I know, exactly. Which is actually really cool. And the first time I heard about it, I was like, you know what, this makes a, a, a shitload of sense that the information in a book could be worth just as much as a regular course, just as much as going to a seminar or anything like that. And we've gotten to a point in like in our society where people expect books to just be $15, $20, $25 or something like that. And you've taken a completely different point of view. And you said a book should sell based on the value that it provides to the person who's reading it. So let, I want to hear more about what high ticket books mean to you and how how are you using that to grow your business? All right. So long story short, I was doing a service for hire. So I was writing for clients and I was trading time for dollars. I was getting very burnt out and I was looking for something else. I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm spending time catching fish for my clients. How would I just teach them how and where to find the fish? So then I'm like, all right, I got to like, how can I make it scalable? Right. So because I've I wasn't even like, I couldn't even take a day off. So then I'm like, all right, I can put this all into a book. It'll be perfect. I'll put it into a book and then teach them how to do it. And then life will be great. And then I started researching, what is it going to be like if I write a book? And I realized that 90% of authors who write books make no money. In fact, most of them lose money on books. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, with those odds, I might as well go to the casino. I have four times better odds to make money and it's a whole lot less work. So I got to figure out why that is. And it took me about three minutes to diagnose why 90% of books make their authors no money. And that's because books are not priced according to value. Like you said, they're just priced at like 20 bucks. Like mm-hmm. why? Why is that? Well, I figured out, well, it's because who's making the money if the authors aren't? It's the publishing companies and it's the Amazon of the world. So I decided, okay, put a big F you to them. And I decided to just do it all on my own and sell for what I thought it was worth. So then I put a price to 
Did you send any goats to any of those publishers while you were giving them the big F you? <laughs> no, um, I would send them the goat turds, though. Ah, perfect. Right. The gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. Fresh from Wisconsin, goat turd for you, my good friend. So you, you know, because you, you were a copywriter primarily before you got into this whole high ticket book thing, right? Yeah, on the side. So I'm goat farmer first, but then copywriting, yes, I did. Right. So what was your first high ticket book about? Like, what did you sell? The first thing was I basically bundled my service into a book. So I was helping um, Amazon sellers optimize their listings. So my first book was um, creating a perfectly optimized Amazon listing. And I sell that bad boy for $400. I've sold over 800 copies in 46 countries and counting of that one. Awesome. Yeah. So so there you go. So I think that's, that's an incredible, like, you know, case study there. You've got a book. That you're selling for 400 bucks. And that's not, that's not your most expensive book either, is it? You've got books that sell for way more than that too. Right. So then I, I started realizing, holy shit, this is working. So I wrote another book. That's like the next thing, the big brother. <laughs> right. I sold that. I'm like, all right, why don't I just try and sell it for a thousand? And now six months later, I've sold 110 copies of the thousand dollar book. What's your most expensive book that you've sold so far? Now I've came out with a $2,500 book that basically teaches anybody else how to do it and that, that and i'm coming out with a five thousand dollar one and then i'm it's kind of like a, everyone's daring me now so there will be a ten thousand dollar one eventually too i can't wait to see your hundred thousand dollar book so all kidding aside like where do you think the the threshold is right because you know people pay tens of thousands of dollars to go to seminars and courses and and things like that do you feel that at some point the value of a book can be positioned such that it you know it, it commands that kind of price tag Absolutely. Because as far as like protecting in- intellectual property, the main reason I came out with a, with instead of a digital book, an actual physical book, and I don't have any digital books available at all. You have to actually buy it and it physically shows up at your door. The reason I did it that way is to protect the in- intellectual property so that people can't just share it like it's a PDF, right? So I see that as very, very feasible because uh, courses and PDF eBooks it's so easy to rip off, whereas a book like this is a lot harder. Right. So how are you selling these books? Because obviously, you, you know, you sent the goat turds and the big F you to the publisher. <laughs> so that rules rules out that traditional sales channel. I think you need to send some goat turds to Dean, too, just as a so- small aside, as an FYI. <laughs> I think he'd really appreciate that. If um, I can get it past customs, I gladly will. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, start working on it. I think he'll, you know, he really wants it. So, so what is the uh, what is the channel that you're selling these through? Do you have have you built your own funnels or like how how does all that part work? Yeah, so that's actually like pretty easy. So just to kind of, I, I'm pretty dumb, so I'm good at dumbing things down. So basically, instead of relying on the publisher to sell it for you, you just kind of decide, okay, who am I going to sell this to? And then you kind of just go find them. And then you send them to your funnel and then they buy it or they don't. That's kind of exactly how it is. You're using, you know, Facebook traffic, Google traffic, like you're doing video ads. Like what are you doing? So for me, I prefer to use affiliates. That's Mm. probably the majority of my stuff just because Mm. there's two reasons I love affiliates. So number one, they're very, very low risk. So meaning you don't have to spend money on the front end to get traffic. It's pretty much free. And then number two, they have built-in credibility. So instead of me trying to sell something to you, it's them who their audience already likes them or is, is a lot easier barrier. 
to make the sale. Is there anything, anything special that you have to do when writing a high ticket book versus writing a low, low ticket book? I, I think I'm actually going to start calling other books low ticket. Books. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you writing a low ticket book or a high ticket book? Cause you know, you could sell it for a lot more money. So it's funny because if all of us, I'm sure that are listening to this, everybody out there, you you are a reader because you care and you understand the value of books. And if you were to look into like your own personal library right now, I guarantee you could point to several books that have literally helped you tens of thousands of dollars of value, some of these books. So as far as that goes, it's just like anything else. If you're going to sell something for $1,000, like, geez, you better like make sure that it packs the punch you're, you're selling it as. <laughs> Yeah. For Dean, that book is cat in the hat. He, uh, you know, he's gotten the most value out of that one and it's really shaped a lot of his business strategy and everything he's done. So I, I'm sure he got it for, you know, a, a real steal, but he would have paid probably close to 10 K. Like it is the limited imagine. edition though. So I will just point that out. This isn't just standard cat in the hat. Yeah. We're talking about. <laughs> right. You thanked Dr. Seuss before he died, right? Dr. Seuss actually signed Dean's breast before he died. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've yet to this day ever washed the left breast. <laughs> right. Like it is still still there, just just molding upon. Right. Me. No, he uh, he left one last mark on the world on Dean Holland's left breast. He did not die in vain. So, besides his wonderful <laughs> Cat in the Hat book, like what sort of books are good candidates for this? You know, upon first hearing this, this is like this is a radical concept. Uh, for most people to say, what, like, uh, how, who's going to pay, you know, $1,000 for a book when there's, you know, a similar book or, or something where I can you just buy it on Amazon or get it on a Kindle or something like that. So what, what types of books is it, you know, is it how to books? Is it, you know, like, what's the, what's the nature of these books that are good candidates for this high ticket book sale? In my opinion, every book should be sold for what it's worth. That's the like main objection people have is like, well, I've got a book on gardening. Like, how am I going to sell that for 500 bucks? And what people have to start understanding is like, okay, it's not necessarily because a business book is easy to get an ROI from, right? So I look at books that have changed my life, like .com Secrets, Russell Brunson. Like looking back, I would have paid $10,000 for that book easily from the value I got from it. But like a how to grow a fantastic garden book is hard to justify paying 10 grand for. But more practically speaking, if you think about the benefits derived from the book, maybe that enables you to not have to hire a landscaping crew. So what's that worth? Well, that'd be worth probably like two grand. So I could buy this book for $400 instead of spending two grand. That's a pretty big steal, right? So that's the kind of thing where it's like attaching the perceived value to something tangible if that makes sense, instead of just saying, oh, you need a financial ROI in order to pull this off. That's so would it, would it be fair to say that the best candidates for this are books that are result oriented? Like you're trying to like create something or do something or make something happen that's like got a very specific tangible outcome? Those are, yeah, that, that would be easy, like really easy. But I think, honestly, I think every single book should be priced according to its value. So for example, like even fiction books, like they give people a certain feeling. So we've all been to movies before. Think of the best movie you've been to. Dean probably, you know, one of the Lego movies. Actually, right? it's Dirty Dancing for him. 
Dirty Dancing. Yeah, okay. he, t- he told me oh. on another episode. You say this to, to mock me, but Dirty Dancing is definitely in one of, in my top five of all greatest films ever. Somewhere around there is also Pretty Woman. I see. <laughs> see, I don't know why you would automatically assume that I said that to mock you. You just struck <laughs> me as a Dirty Dancing type of guy. <laughs> That's and, not the first time I've heard that. No, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not the last. So okay, so so, so you. Movie, you know, that keep going with your uh, with your thing before. So, Dean, looking back on Dirty Dancing, like how much would you have paid to see that movie? Oh, it has definitely influenced my life, without a doubt. You you you've not seen this move. This body moves. <laughs> so, like, I think everybody should just be very grateful. This is a podcast right now, uh, <laughs> so you don't have to see that body move at the moment. <laughs> you don't have to see it. You can just feel it. Right. The vibe is coming through the airwaves as we speak. <laughs> we can't quite see. Dana's like, what the good. fuck am I involved with here? <laughs> this episode has taken such a strange turn. <laughs> Dean's breast has been signed. Now he's doing moves from Dirty Dancing. It's uh, it's very impossible to contain him. How do you get anything done? <laughs> he doesn't really. <laughs> That's his genius. He makes a ton of money without getting anything done. We'll have a, we'll have an episode dedicated to that specifically. But in the meantime, so so your your point your point is that people shouldn't automatically assume that just because books or movies or any of those things just have like people have been conditioned to pay a certain amount for those things that that's the right amount that you should be paying. It should be based on like what is the value that this is going to provide. By watching it, reading it, listening to it, or or whatever like that. Am I understanding that right? Exactly. So th- so you think of the movie, the like your favorite movie that really actually like changed your life and perspective. Like that's worth hundreds of dollars to most people. Whereas you look at like the worst movie ever that you went to, it's like I not only do I want my money back, I want my damn time back. Like that was such a waste. So the point is, you have to back up what you're selling because there's no way you could pull this off. There's no way a crappy movie could charge $100 and then it would be a crappy movie because everybody and their brothers are going to tell everybody about, do not watch that movie, right? Whereas if it's a really good one, it's hundred. let's say it's a $100 movie and everybody, it backs it up. Everybody's like, yo, that movie is worth every penny of that $100. I feel that, I feel like my thinking just listening to you here, and I, I, I want to say this for like the listeners, is like, this feels like a, a four minute mile situation. Like, why does everybody write a book and sell it for that set price? It's because that's what everyone does, right? right. Like, and, and I don't think, I, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of listeners, if not 99.9% of our listeners here, like that are thinking that this is the first ever time they probably even heard somebody mention selling a book for such a price. When, when I first met you and I heard this, like, what, this guy's got a book for like two and a half K? That, that's not possible. Like that, that was my first thought. It's like, is that possible? Like who, who can do that? And that what, what I'm loving about this already, and I hope the listeners are like being open-minded is like, you've proven that it's possible. And now I, like, I'm, I'm just excited hearing this. Well, I think, you know, for me, uh, it's, it's, it's really cool uh, confirmation on, on something. Years ago, I was, I was doing a lot of uh, trading, like options trading and stuff in the stock market. And there was this set of books about, you know, these different options, trading strategies and stuff like this. And they're not available in bookstores. They're not available on Amazon or any place else like this. And I really wanted to know, like, what this guy had to say because he was a really respected trader and, you know, had some great strategies and stuff. 
And I did pay $400 for each one of those books. This is probably almost 10 years ago at this point. And they were amazing books. And I did get a lot of value. And, you know, the ROI on that, you know, learning one trade, you know, where I paid $400 for the book, and then I was able to make tens of thousands of dollars trading. Why wouldn't you pay that kind of money? Right. And I think that's your whole point. Exactly. And the secret sauce really is this. All your reader has to do is pull out one nugget that's worth more than the price they paid, and they're going to be absolutely happy to, to pay it. Circling around to, you know, like some of the feedback that you've gotten from, you know, the hundreds of people who have bought your high ticket books, like what kind of feedback and, and stuff do you get from those people? You know, do they, are they like, oh man, I can't believe you charged me this much money for the book. Or is it actually what you'd expect? They're like, I value this material and thank you for, you know, making this available to me. Like where, where on that spectrum have you found that happening for you? The beauty in this is actually like this. So when you have a higher ticket item, you're weeding out the people that are not going to use it and not going to benefit from it. So you're weeding out those people from the beginning. And so if you were to pay $1,000 for a book versus $20 for a book, I mean, when that thing shows up, I'm, I'm going to make the safe assumption that you're going to read the thing and going to implement or else guess what? You're out $1,000. Whereas if you buy another book from Amazon or wherever and it's 20 bucks, like I got a shelf literally with a hundred books waiting for me to read them, but they were all 20 bucks. So which one should I read next? I don't know. I just kind of guess which one people are talking about. Whereas if there was one on the shelf that was a thousand dollars, like I would be reading that all like absolutely first. And I would read it twice, three times to make sure I got my value out of it. When you first approach your affiliates to promote your high ticket books, talk a little bit about, you know, the, the pitch to those guys to say, Hey, I know this is a new idea. A lot of people aren't really doing this yet, but I want you to like I I want you to promote to your audience a book that I expect people to pay a thousand dollars for. Was that a tough sell? <laughs> Not really, because if you look at it this way, it's almost like it's a course put into a book. So people are selling courses all day long for a thousand, two thousand dollars plus, um, and people are inhaling them. But this is just kind of more like straight to the point, uninterrupted, tangible in your lap get it done kind of thing. So I haven't really seen much resistance. It's no problem. No problem bringing on affiliates to promote this. And I, I'm sure the affiliates like it too, because you know, they're getting commission on it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a thousand dollars, they're going to make more than if they were just selling a $20 book. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you doing anything on the back end where, you know, you sell, you sell this book, you get people, you know, engaged as a, you know, paying customer. Now they've obviously invested money. They find value in what you're doing. Are you ascending them? into anything else inside of your business? Do you have any other offers like past the uh, the initial book purchase? That's a great question. So I do have my value ladder built out. So going from zero to $1,000 book, like even with an affiliate, that's pretty tough. So I, that's why I go to the $400 one first. So zero to $400 with affiliate traffic for me has worked extremely well. And then we promote the next thing, the $1,000 book to the $400 book buyers. So what's interesting is the $1,000 book is not available for sale to the public. So if you do not buy my $400 book, you will never see, you do not even know the $1,000 book exists. So the cool thing there is there's scarcity built into it. It's real scarcity because there's a limited number available. And then number two, it's a status thing too, where it's like you're a private group of like a few people that have this book, like the opportunity to buy this book. 
And this is information that's not going to be in the hands of every single person on the planet, like a $20 book, right? So it's actually really, really valuable then because it is private. And then past that, we keep going. And then, of course, I have the Goat Farm Mastermind, which is essentially <laughs> the, the highest ticket item. So 25K a pop, come out here for three days and get it from the, the goat's mouth. Um, out here, <laughs> Straight from the goat's mouth. And then hopefully not the, the other end, but... Right. We'll that's what's ha- that's what's headed across the Atlantic to Dean right now. That's right. As we speak. That's right. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 then in your in your mastermind, are you actually helping helping coach people on how to write their high ticket books? Yeah. So the majority of what I do and help people with is not so much the writing. In in my opinion, everybody else is like telling you how to write a book. And I think it's just kind of funny to me because I'll tell you how to write a book in five seconds. You ready for it? I am. Okay. Dean's not, but I am. Dean, wake up. All right. So you, this is how you write. <laughs> I am a look. <laughs> Here's how you write a thousand dollar book. You lay out all of the chapter outlines. Okay. And then you tell a bunch of stories. Done. Okay. I'm going to need you to start from the top again. I was like really complicated. So you, so you said lay out all the chapter outlines and then write stories. Yep. Okay. So give, give me an example. Like give me an example of like, uh, you know, one or two chapters or something that would be part of that outline. Sure. So um, one of the chapter outlines for, I'll just kind of give you a little bit of like a high ticket book secrets. So I'll grab the index. Uh, okay. So chapter three, the title to chapter three is get the hell out of your own way. Essentially what that means is I'm just going to like basically go through some of examples of myself and other people where we just were in our own way. We were, you know, whether that's not giving yourself permission to make a shitload of money we let other outside forces enter to kind of become barriers to us. We weren't saying no to things, you know, whatever that means. So it's nice to have it progress throughout. So like, so I always like to start any book with like mindset, because if you don't have the mindset, like the rest of the strategies and tactics, like are, are they might work here and there, but it's not going to be like the results that we're after. So like, I just say like literally lay out your book, how you want it in terms of progression, and then just tell a bunch of stories um, in between. Hmm. Awesome. So if people want to buy one of your high ticket books to, you know, to experience what, what we're talking about here and learn how to do the things that you're discussing, obviously the thousand dollar book is not available to them at this point. Right. Uh, but where do they go to buy a $400 one? Okay. So actually right now <laughs> I, I just have the, so the 400 and the thousand dollar one, those are specific to a, a niche market. But I did uh, roll out the my new one, the high ticket book secrets that teaches anybody that's interested in selling thousand dollar plus books how to do it. Nice. That one just rolled out, and uh, that's one that you you crazy kids got sent. And I'm, I was really happy to see your amazing reactions, by the way. <laughs> but uh, totally love it. Yeah. So exactly. if anybody wants to invest in the book that is literally going to change their lives, but more importantly, like change the industry, they're not just investing in their book; they're literally investing in the, like taking the power back to the creators. So when you if you sign a publishing deal, you're basically mm-hmm. making some fat executive rich. Whereas mm-hmm. if you invest in yourself and doing it the right way, you're making yourself and your family rich. So that's why um, it's not as much as me selling you a book. It's me selling you into the movement. And it's um, you have to go to takeourindustryback.com. And that's where you can get it. That's the only place you can get it. It will never be in the bargain bin of Amazon. It will never be on Amazon. It will never be in Bar- Barnes & Noble. I don't want them to be. So that's the only place on earth you can get it. 
takeourindustryback.com. Is that right? That's right. I love it. That's awesome. Dean, you're just in stunned silence at the moment. <laughs> and I know that cat in the hat was important to you, but what else do you have to say about this whole thing? <laughs> like I said earlier, like I think the biggest thing here, I just want everybody listening to this to, to actually be inspired by, by what you've actually done, Dana. Because I think like if I like when I look at my own perspective, when I first even heard you talk about this for the very first time, like my biggest problem with the whole concept was actually me mm. not believing that it was possible. Like I said earlier, like, and I, and I think you haven't just written a book that you want to sell for high ticket. You are doing this and you've built an incredibly successful business doing so. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I just hope that all of the listeners take away from this is like, it is more than possible. You can do it. And I guess really you've just got to actually put the value on the information that you're putting into that book. Cause I, I can speak from personal experience. Like I think writing a book, cause I'm, I'm still midway through this process and I've been doing it for like two years. <laughs> like I think it's one of the hardest products to ever create. Mm. I am not looking forward to ever writing another one should that opportunity <laughs> ever arise. And I haven't even finished book one because it's been so damn tough. When you look at it like that, what you've allowed me to do, Dana, personally, is to realize that it's actually freaking ridiculous to even consider selling a book for anything less than its true value. And I just want to personally, on a selfish note, thank you for opening my eyes to that. And I'm sure there's so many people listening that hopefully have had that same experience. So much love to you, brother. Yeah, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll totally echo that. It's very... Very cool what you're doing. I love the whole concept of putting the power back in the hands of the authors, you know, the people who are actually creating the value, who are, you know, creating the content to, to help people, you know, with their area of expertise and change people's lives and stuff like that. And moreover, I think you're, uh, you know, I think Dean, Dean's the one who said it earlier, like you're the, you know, the Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile of this industry and giving people permission to say, hey, Wait a second here. If you do have something to say, make sure that you value it first yourself, right? right. Because if, if, if they don't value it, then why would anybody else? So I think, you know, it's just in, in, incredibly inspiring to, uh, you know, not just to, you know, hear your numbers and stuff like that, but hear what you're doing to help other people take the industry back. Exactly like you say. I think uh, just, just to cut in quickly. We're just going to keep think... showering you with compliments. <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed yeah, to talk I... right now. I think the best thing people could do to actually prove to themselves that it's possible is go and buy your two and a half thousand dollar book. Then they know that it's possible to sell a book because they just bought one. Right. I love that. I love that. Well, I, I really appreciate you guys' kind words. <laughs> Dean just, la. <laughs> angels, the skies have opened and we hear the sounds of angels singing. Thank you for bestowing that wisdom upon us. Oh, great, Dean Holland. <laughs> I think for a moment there, I actually left my body and looked down on myself and just saw how great what my words were. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you... <laughs> That's like every day for you. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he, can't, he can't even help himself. So Dana, how, you know, how, do people, how do people start writing a book if you know, they don't even know what their, their topic is, right? Because like, you, you know, you said, okay, put an outline together, tell some stories, like all that. And you're, as with any expert, it, you've practiced things and you've gotten good at things. But like, what's like the very beginning? Like how do, how would people even, you know, who maybe they're running a business at right now and say, all right, like, where is the book 
in this business? Like how do people locate that topic? Mm, great question. So I would say anything that anybody's using as an advantage that, you know, that they're naturally gifted with. So for me, I mean, figuring out how to sell stuff for 20 stuff that shouldn't be sold, air quoting and shouldn't be sold for the prices that it is, figuring out how to do that. So then I threw that into a book to show other people how to do the same thing. As far as like figuring out what it is to write about, I would just say what what is something I of value? What is a superpower I have that I can help other people with? Like what is my superpower? So everybody's born with some sort of superpower that they need to hone in on. So as soon as you can figure that out, like like for me, it's writing. Like I'm, I was given a gift, at, you know, of being able to write really well. And then on the the second side of it, the, the other side of the coin is finishing it once you started it. So that's what Dean's going through. And here's a nice little hack to get you through it, Dean. When you're done with your book, instead of selling it for fifteen bucks, sell it for a thousand a copy. Right. That's a much better carrot, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's not it's not very motivating to say, oh, I'm gonna invest my, you know, hours and hours and hours of my life into writing this. And then I'm going to sell it for, you know, $14.95. Exactly. And the cool thing is I pay the exact same amount to get my books printed that those that are sell it at $15 do. And I also pay the same yeah. amount to ship them out, but my margins are a little bit better than theirs. So yeah, that's the other a, thing. Just a Every time you post a book, you do so with a smile. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy having a trunk full of books to send to the post office. <laughs> awesome. Well, so uh, so cool having you here today, Dana. I think yeah. uh, you know everybody should really go to uh, takeourindustryback.com and check out what Dana's up to. It really is revolutionary. I don't say that very often because I don't I don't think there are a lot of you know incredibly industry disrupting things that I run across on a regular basis. But I, I do believe that this is one of those things. And I love what you're doing. Any uh, any parting words of wisdom uh, before we kick it over to Dean Holland for uh, for his last shot at things? <laughs> well, thank you both for having me on. I really appreciate it. The biggest thing, anybody listening to this is just whatever it is you're doing, it doesn't have to be a high ticket book. But whatever it is you're doing, please let this example just be sort of that little bit to push you over the edge to know you can do it. Like you really, really can do it. Cause you know how many people told me I can't do that <laughs> when I was thinking about doing it. So just don't let those voices um, overshadow what it is you're doing. Just go do it. And then I also want to just commend you both for putting this podcast together. I guarantee you if somebody else asked me to be on their podcast and I wouldn't do it because it's another, just a me too podcast. Yours is different. I love it. I love the fact that it's funny and fun and people can listen to it and get some enjoyment out of it. And it doesn't have to be 100% serious, dead on, you know, all the time. So I appreciate that. The opportunity is great. Love you guys both. So I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks for that. And I, I apologize that, you know, Dean is here. He's very, very boring. And <laughs> I, do, I really, really, he's like a, he's like sort of like a ball and chain. And I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of him. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. And he's like, oh, I insist on doing it with you. And so, you know, just, you know, for our listeners and for you, especially our, our guest today, I, I do apologize for Dean, but uh, in all, <laughs> in all seriousness, Dean, uh, parting shots before we wrap this up today. Yeah. I, I just to echo what I've said earlier, like, I, I just think this has just been inspirational for, for all of us. I think, you know, you've, you've proven something can be done that probably everyone else in the world, like you've just said, would say is not possible. You've swung at everyone. You've gave the middle finger to the publishers. You've sent goat crap all around the world <laughs> and you are selling high ticket books. I mean, it is amazing just to hear about it, let alone see you doing it. So you know, more success to you, my friend. And I hope more people listening to this actually grab the book and do it themselves because it's incredible. 
Absolutely. I, I think it's just uh, it's just something that you can do to you know boost boost your revenue in your own business. It's something you could do to serve the people that really want to hear your message, add a tremendous amount of value to people, and and have a good time doing it. Because I think uh, I think with those margins, like you say, people people are a lot more invested in making sure that it contains that value because they want to they really want that to to come across in the book. So thanks for setting such a great example for uh, for all of us, Dana. Great to have you. So we'll see you next time, everybody. This is James P. Friel signing off of Just the Tips on behalf of Dean Holland. And uh, we will see you next time, everyone. Later. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.